0: welcome to send for your word radio ministry i'm your host sister keisha here today and our subject today will be on the spirit of passover please stay tuned Welcome everyone to Send Forth Your Word. I'm here to talk to you on the spirit of Passover. I'm excited to be here in the studio and able to talk to you about this message. Um, I'm just going to go right into the message today. Um, I want for you or those who are out there listening to this message, I pray that all things are well within you and your home. Now, the Easter... When we talk about the Passover, in our nations and in our churches and around the world today, we have begun to get used to the ideal of Easter. And many uh, American citizens, as well as Christianity, has acknowledged that Easter is considered a holiday. However, it is considered a pagan holiday, our festival, for most people. And so, what today we're going to talk in reference to is some of the talisman signs and symbolics in regards to Easter, and in early, you know, Christ- Christianity, you know, the pragmatic acceptance of ancient um, pagan practices, they were found to be enjoyed in what we call our Easter are the day of Easter. However, it is more of a pagan festival which is celebrated by cards, gifts, and novelties and Easter products that you might see in your local merchandise and goods stores. Because it's fun and the ancient symbolics that still works for Christianity to hold larger social gatherings, in most cases, holidays Uh, when it comes to Easter, are filled with many people around the world who are willing to exchange um, their offerings for the absence of a traditional church setting on a weekly or monthly basis. However, many of the churches and organizations acknowledge the fellowship and they put out the Mass productions to promote people to come to see their church or to be invited to a church ritual or a play that will symbolically only lock them to the gears and to the views of Easter. However, we rarely have ever seen people who will deal with it from an occultic behavior. So today you know we're looking at some of the symbolic things that have been noticed within um the Bible to show us where many Americans have been come in error with uh this uh pagan holiday um by worshipping different types of gods that actually are our goddess that actually are the key um, medium behind the holidays. So we want you to, you know, begin to look at where we're at in this day and time. You know, we have already been hit with a pandemic, um, livestock, I believe, pestilent. Um, even though we've been told it's, Blue, however, it has been originated and known and discovered through being a part of an animal that was not um, uh, clean for people, for um, mortals, for humans to eat of, and so the Lord had given me this message because he wants me to address this issue before the Passover. And according to the days of Passover would start anywhere around April 10th through April 14th, which are the days that we have acknowledged the Passover. And it is important, friends and listeners, that we take a look at how many Ways have the enemy has been trying to deceive God's people, you know. And most people who recognize Easter are people who are under the Christianity pragmatic, you know. Um, are there? They're still um, within the church practicing the festivals and celebrating with the gifts and novelties of Easter, and. Even though they are amongst leaders who should be teaching them about ancient symbolicalism. But for some reason, the gatherings and socials have become the norm of this day and time. And so when we find, you know, within the scriptures um, that the Lord has begun to talk to us in regards to what is it that has caused him to separate from his people? And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me today so that we can explore from this message what it is that God has been saying all along in regards to his people and how they have fallen error with um, trying to keep up with the norm, with today's society and the way that we view our life here on earth. And so... And we definitely want to pay attention to some of the uh, things that we're learning today and that you will learn with me so that we can be able to discern what is causing this destruction to come upon our earth and on our land and on many innocent people. And I first want to say this, you know, um, we are reminded by scripture and if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Hosea, okay? Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. And, you know, what Hosea reminds us is that many people in this earth will be destroyed. And how they will be destroyed is by the lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And what is the knowledge that they've rejected is Christ himself, that he has come to the earth, he has, he is born the son of God, the living God, and he has come to this earth to save all of God's people from their sins, all of actually God's creation from their sins. But many people have held on to customs, even from the day of Pharaoh. Even when God began to speak to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh that you must let my people go, many people are not aware why God was so very drastic in his uh, judgment against Pharaoh because Pharaoh was the key point of holding God's people in captivity, but also from being able to worship and serve him in spirit and in truth, okay? And so in that day and time, Many of the people, even God's people, were forced to serve these other gods, okay? Because these were Pharaoh's gods and these were his orders. And they were forced to serve these gods. And the, the, what happened was they began to have a separation because God, seeing that his people were being forced and they were enslaved and they were held in captivity. And so what he did, he allowed the, the, um, the prophets to come and to talk to, um, Moses and ask him to let his people go because he wanted them to be free. He, his, his position with his people was never to be in bondage. We were always supposed to be free and Israel was one of the tribes that God had began to, you know, uh, desire to see them to come out of the slavery that they were forecast, what was forecast upon them. And it was through all types of rituals and, and traditions and customs because they were held in captivity. And so in Joshua, we pick up this story in regards to Joshua, and in Joshua 6, 18, if you have your Bibles, I'll give you a moment to turn to that. Um, I want to read a little bit, pretty much what God was trying to talk to the Israelites in regards to in that scripture. And I am getting this right now from, uh, I want to say I'm going to get it from. And I will read it from the New International Version. Um, So, well, actually, it's going to be a commentary. So right here, I'm going to read the scripture so that you can follow along with me today on this one. And I'm in Joshua 6, and I'm going to start with verse 18. It says, but keep away from the devoted things, lest you yourself be set apart for destruction. If you take any of these, you will set apart the camp of Israel for destruction and bring disaster upon it. So where we're trying to talk in reference to is the devoted things. Okay, devoted things are really things that have no real true relationship with God. And those are things too that are considered um, they are things that will cause one's life to be in violation with God's covenant. Now, how the devoted things played such a part in that day and time and it does still today, because most people use things as a ritual, or they become idolaters because they have decided to bring these things or worship these idols and through, you know, material things in gods. And back in the days where um moses was in um when moses had decided to go and pray on the mountain he did talk to aaron to keep watch over the people however the people got very impatient with moses because he didn't return back right away so what they did they decided to ask aaron to let him them build a shrine, a shrine god and you know that is something that we see around the earth a lot okay and so when we go back to this destruction that has come upon the earth and being that a lot of people have talked about it being a um what we call is a, a pestilence and however god had led me to go over and to look a little bit more deeper into the plagues of God and, and actually there's been many plagues of God that's come upon the earth and, and what God was saying that, you know, you know, in when it comes when it comes to the plagues of God, you know, God wants us to recognize that, you know, there is people who are here who are promoting things to happen in the earth and what God doesn't want is he doesn't want us to be uh, ignorant society, our race, our creed of people who will not take the time to do our own research, our own, um, uh, studying to show our self-approved. And, you know, when we are studying God's word, we can believe this, my friend, is that God will begin to help us see the truth in the matter. Okay. And so what became the truth was I began to look back at, you know, how God had allowed, you know, um, Pharaoh to suffer different types of plagues when he was in error of God's uh, covenant and how he had stood in the way for God's people to be able to see Him and to worship him and he continued to stay in error with that because he didn't want to let God's people go and we are still in some cases are experiencing some of the same types of rituals and customs which are still attached and affiliated to um, Pharaoh's laws. And God will deal with those nations of people who will not let God's people go. And, you know, in the day of Pharaoh, you know, he suffered um, a livestock um, plague. And it was 10 that I noticed that were put upon him, such as we talk about in the premonition and prophecies somewhat that we can relate to the coronavirus, okay. And so, what happened was it was a list of 10 plagues, which consist of one was blood, two was frogs, three was lice and gants, four was flies, five was livestock, six was bulls, seven was hail. Eight was locusts, nine was darkness, and ten was the death of firstborn. And so what God began to do is he began to cause all these different types of plagues to come upon, you know, Egyptians because they were in error with God. They were in violation with God's word. And as you began to read more and more in the scriptures in Exodus, you can see how God had began to allow uh, at times where Pharaoh, you know, would, you know, God would warn him and then blood came all over the land. Water turned into blood. Okay. And then, then he had another plague that he caused upon Pharaoh was that frogs came all out of the the, the grounds and they began to take over the whole city. Um, they were all in their bedrooms, all over the place. It became in their houses. It became a nuisance, and his servants at that time had cried out to him and said, Hey, you know, cry out to the God so he can stop this. And then, you know, he, he, he had to bring the third plague because even though uh, Pharaoh would pray it at, until, you know, Moses and them that, you know, he would, you know, he would stop, he would stop, you know, and he would go back on his word. Okay. So then he had the plague of lice and that right there became another thing that struck the earth. Okay. And, you know, and, and began to cause more problems and harm people. Then there was the plague of flies, you know, you know, he woke up one morning and, you know, and, and, you know, it was just a very bad time that God continued to hit him because God said, let my people go that they may serve me or else you will not let my people go. If you will not let my people go, behold, I will send a swarm of flies on you and your servants and on your people into your houses. The houses of Egyptians shall be full of swans of flies and also around the grounds which they stand. And so God was really, really being very hard on him because he wanted something from him. He wanted what was his, what was his own. And you can read that in Exodus Uh, chapter 8, between verses 20 and 22. Then we move to the plague of livestock. Okay. And so at this point, you know, and this was plague number five, you know, then the Lord said to Moses, go into Pharaoh and tell him, thus said the Lord God of Hebrews. Let my people go that they may serve me. And you know, if you ever read that, you'll see that it's always the same way that he says. Let my people go so that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle in the field, on the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the oxes, and on the sheeps and a severe pestilence, and the lord will make a difference between the livestock of israel and the livestock of egypt and you know what that scripture talks about and i want you to reference that one from exodus excuse me um the ninth chapter verses one to four um what that one was is that if he did not and that's pharaoh if he would not let god's people go to serve him then he would he would destroy their livestock. They would not have anything to eat and, and, and manage their fields, you know. Um, and so, and he made it clear that he would make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So when we look at this, we begin to recognize when we go back to the COVID-19, the coronavirus, the plague that has come upon the earth, And it has come through what? It has come through livestock, you know? And so what God began to show me is that this is a judgment because the people who God has placed the judgment upon is the ones who will not repent to God and turn away from their wicked ways. And so this life, this plague is not for intended for all God's people. God does not want um, this thing to come on any of Israel. However, because there are people that are hidden in these occultic uh, natures and groups and societies, they have caused God's people to suffer the wrath that was not intended for them. However, the livestock is produced through the animals. And if the animals become infected with a severe pestilent, they will begin to kill the people. And so that's what the Lord had put in my spirit when he was telling me, you know, this is a livestock pestilent, And what people are doing, what the American government has done they have brought upon a deception because they don't want to repent. And so what they have said that, oh, this is just a flu. This is um, this is a seasonal flu. But if we do our studies, the Lord had brought upon plagues. And because of the people, again, like I said in Hosanna, chapter 4, verse 1, God's people will perish from the lack of knowledge. But it's not that many people will perish from the lack of knowledge. It's because they refuse. They've rejected his knowledge. And see, when you hear a message like this and you don't find the time to go and do your own personal research to see if I'm talking about things that are of truth, then you're probably more than likely, if you don't repent, you're going to be considered rejecting him his knowledge. And see, I'm going to move forward because I don't want to stay too long today. Now, when it comes to the talisman symbols, you have to be very careful with those things because those are planted within every Part of the world and within our reach on a day-to-day basis. And we can find ourselves going into uh, malls and shops and grocery stores and buying goods that have talisman signs all over them are either we have things in our home that we purchase from different vendors and different manufacturers that believe in a cultic behavior and natures and so what they'll do they'll imprint these things on their bags on their goods and we'll look at it like oh you know they care about us you know they love us you know this is nice stuff and we won't really discern that if we're holding an occult thing we can be considered in violation with the will of God in our life and how does that affect the American people the Bible says that when we touch things that are accursed, we can become like them, and that not only will we become like them, we will bring a line up where God will draw a line between us and the things until we are reinstated with His covenant. See, God's covenant is His laws, and His laws are said that we cannot worship any other god okay and so when we're affiliated to occultic symbolisms we are serving other gods okay and so god began to show me that you know throughout my house he said look you need to go throughout your house because the passover is coming the spirit of passover is coming and i can remove anyone off the earth who is not in fellowship with me, who is causing me to be separated from them because they are holding on to symbolic things, are things that are devoted for destruction. And when I come upon the land, I will only be able to pass over the homes that have are in right standing with me, who do not have anything that would be considered a form of destruction. And so I began to go throughout my house because I had did a message on the first of the year of 2020 that says the spirit of truth and knowledge. And in that that one, the Lord had reminded me that this was the year to clean the clutter out of our homes, get rid of things that we don't need and things that are devoted for our own destruction. And unfortunately, it's always not, you know, it's it's kind of hard to say, you know, what things if we're not really familiar with the symbolic signs or symbolisms of the Telsman. And I advise you right now, if you have time, to go and research, type in Telsman symbols and begin to study the symbols so you can see if any of those symbols are lying within your home. Now I know some of the common ones that are used in the pentagram kind of state for mediums in occultic symbol- symbolism is bi- basically their stars, their hearts, their all types of crosses crosses are used mainly for the occultic Symbolism. We've told been told that, you know, we could wear crosses and emblems like that, but we have to be careful because all of their occultic nature things are based upon points and degrees and angles. And so we are not always clear how clear that angle could be. And so when we're in affiliated and we're in connection with that talisman and it's in our possession, it is considered devoted for evil for destruction. And so many people have lost their lives, become ill and inflicted by not understanding that these are some of the things that God was trying to tell us, that you, they, we as a people can be destroyed if we have the lack of knowledge. And the lack of knowledge is the knowledge of him. And when God gives us the knowledge, if we reject the knowledge, we're rejecting him. Okay, so I advise you, my friends and listeners here on Send Forth Your Word, to go within your house, go within your possessions, go within your business, your cars, wherever you have your things piled up. Begin to start trying to get rid of those things. First, always repent. Once you see that you have something in your home, Begin to repent because the time is very near. We're right now in the early part of April. And um, we have from the 10th to the 14th, which I truly believe since it's the Passover days, that we should be praying and being in repentance of what we've been doing. But when we are acknowledging that we have sinned in this way, we can then pray and ask God to forgive us and then begin to move the things out that he is telling us that are really devoted for your own destruction. Now, I want to go over really quick before I leave today because I don't want you to get off track. And I am going to ask you that if you want to also look at the plagues, that came upon um pharaoh you can go and you can do your own research as well because there were many plagues that came upon him and until he decided to let God's people go. And it's time now that we pay attention. You know, I know that Easter is considered a, a, a ritual, but it's not anything but a pagan holiday or festival. And it is a, a holiday and festival that's set aside for people who are going to inflict people with all types of elements and evil. And when you buy Easter baskets, baskets for your children you're inviting a goddess into your home so that she can inflict your people your children and a lot of times we as parents and I know I've done it over the years when I was very very ignorant of a lot of this stuff God began to show me you know the things that I had brought in my home was what had begun to cause a lot of problems I remember when my home was a lot emptier in my younger years just starting out and I had I had more peace you you know, but God began to show me that there is a goddess that is rules over the feasts. She honors feasts and she celebrates in that month, which is the month for the Passover. And so which we call they call the Paschal month. So you want to make sure that you're not um, in error to this Easter trend, this Easter fe- fellowship or this Easter fellow uh, festivity. Um, You don't want to be worshiping a God called Astora. You know, she did uh, take uh, the position to govern, you know, people who worship these types of festivities. So you want to make sure that you begin to start reading up on things like this and, you know, and, and begin to recognize that, you know, the feast that they were called Pesha. You know, these kinds of feasts we're all devoted to the origin of Easter, okay? The pagan festivals. And in Christianity, a lot of people have been taught, you know, this is, you know, is reference to Christ. However, it has no relationship with Christ. It has nothing to do with Christ. It's all about the worship of the goddess, okay? And so um, I'm going to take you back over to, because I want to go over to... Um, Uh, Joshua, and I want to see if we can get in here real quick before I get ready to go. I want to go to Joshua, and if you have your Bibles, please tune in with me to Joshua 7. And um, we're going to try to start, I believe, at, let me see, I believe it's verse 12. And I want to kind of go over there and begin to to. To talk a little bit more in regards to, you know, how this came about. Because, you know, I want you to know for yourself, you know, that God is, you know, He wants us to know the truth because the truth is what will set us free, my friend. And so we're going to go back to um we're gonna go out. I, I wanna go up even a little bit more because I'm seeing that I need a little bit more of this. So okay, we're gonna to go to Joshua's um, chapter seven, verse 10 through 14. Okay. And so what we're going to do is go back and read over some of what happened there. So we're clear. And then verse 10 says, the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. What are you doing on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I command them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things they they have stolen, they have lied, they have put them with their own possessions. That is why Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. So God here is telling Joshua what has happened. Why is it that um israel has lost the battle with their enemies and because they have had someone in their camp somewhere around somebody is violating they're lying they've stolen um, possessions and things that were devoted to those gods. Okay. That basically would bring upon their own destruction. Right. So that now that those things are among their own things and their homes and their houses and in their possessions, right. Would be considered a violation of God's covenant with his people. And so that is where we're at today, everyone. Um, You know, God is really urging us to begin to get this stuff out of our homes because, you know, some of these things belongs to these gods and that these people, these foreign nations have brought in things and goods into our land and we began to get comfortable with those things. And we have to really take the time and begin to do the research, begin to do the cleaning, begin to get these things out of our homes because we are being, we are considered in violation with God's covenant. Now, here's the most important part of this. God says in verse 12, and I'm going to read the last part. He said, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. So if God is not with us, he can't protect us. And if we're in a time and a season where there's a live pestilence upon the earth, then that means that we got to do what God is saying so we can get back in right standing with God's covenant with us. And then he moves down to this. Verse 13, go consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, There are things, devoted things among you, Israel, you cannot stand against your enemy until you remove them. Okay? And so God is telling them in so many words, and that's the New International Version, is that if you don't remove those things, I can't be with you. But if you can, there was a clause to this. If you would clean or get rid of those things, God would what? He would reinstate his covenant with his people. Praise God. I love him because he is so worthy, my friend. And and so the thing is, it doesn't mean that it's over, over, unless we are doing our part. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if we're not doing our part, then it could be, that could be the case. However, but if we're doing our part, it his, it's his word that he must reinstate the covenant with his people. Praise God. So I just want to tell you, my friend, that God is able. He is willing. But God will never tell you to do something without giving you a set of instructions. And see, what God had put upon my spirit, hallelujah, that he wanted us to know what was separating us from him acting on our behalf. As I said in 2 Chronicles 7.14 God said that if we humble ourselves, if we seek his face, if we turn from our wicked ways, he would what? He will heal our land. Well, God doesn't have to do that if we're in violation with his covenant. So what put the children of Israel in violation with God's covenant was they were holding on to devoted things that were only liable or was only going to bring among their own destruction. And so when a person is perishing, I can guarantee if we went back and did our forensics work on it, we would see in their home a bunch of devoted things. And then that would be the real root cause of why the destruction was aimed at them. So I'm praying, my friends and listeners here today, that you will listen, you will hear, the Bible says, let you have eyes that can see and ears that can hear now he said that in the day of that time it was the opposite okay they had the people who had the spirit of stupor had eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear so i'm praying like myself like anyone else that you would do the work you would get in there and do the work you would go and study the scriptures these are not my words, but these are his words. Thus said the Lord. And if you want a reference to today's message, you can go to Joshua, you can go to Chronicles, you can go and research the symbolisms of the talismans and how they were able to provoke curses on God's people because they were in point of contact with them. That is what occultic really is about: is causing. Its victim to become in contact with an occultic symbolism, so that it can inflict and curse their life forever. I pray that you, our friends and listeners, have enjoyed today's show. If you would like to reach out to me on st- at send forth your word, go to and type and send me an email at send your word. At gmail.com. I'm so excited that you came to listen in today in regards to this um, Passover um, message, and I'm praying that the Lord keep you safe among his his light and that we are all covered under him and that he will pass over our homes. No more destruction will come to our land. I want to say a quick prayer before I leave. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today, Lord God, for giving us this word, Father God, for giving us a word before the day of Passover, for helping us understand that you are a righteous and a worthy God and you will not let your word return unto you void and so i pray that you will protect your people you will protect these who are listening to this message today who are choosing to hear what thus said the lord is saying in this day and time please protect us from any livestock pestilence pestilence plagues or anything that you have brought unto the nation of people who refuse to repent to you So I thank you, Lord God, for being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who knows all and sees all and does all. So I pray that you will continue to keep your protection, keep your love, keep your arms around your people in this day, I pray. Amen. God bless you, my friends, here on Send Forth Your Word. Until next time, stay in peace.